Hello and welcome to Sarah's Simple Thoughts. I'm your host, Sarah, and I'm a life and business coach. I help women to become self-sufficient, healthy, happy, and aligned with their goals and finding their self-sufficiency. And I am so excited to be here today because we're going to be talking about, as you know, one of my favorite things, and that is habits. I love the concept of habits and how simply doing things and doing them well can get you places. Sometimes in the self-development space, we focus a lot on goals. And you also know that I love goals. But after a little bit of reflection, after a little bit of research and the rest, I have discovered that yes, goals are good. And habits are a way to kind of make those goals actually happen. It's one of the many ways to get unstuck when it comes to goals. Today, I'm going to be reviewing Atomic Habits by James Clear. I don't know about you, but James Clear has been everywhere. Like the past three to four years, I actually don't know when this book came out. I'm just like saying that's when I've noticed it is the last three or four years. But his quotes were just everywhere in the self-development space and everyone was like, oh my gosh, it's so good. And I'd be lying if I said that I was resisting the hype because it was hype too much. (laughs) But I finally got over myself and I grabbed Atomic Habits off my shelf because it had been sitting there for a hot second and I read it cover to cover, physical copy and all. And this is my impression of the book. Number one, James Clear is an incredible author and an incredible and inspiring person. Um, Number two, I started reading, I just finished, I had just finished Atomic Habits and started in the flow. And if you have the opportunity to do that, I'd highly recommend, right? Because it talks about, in the flow talks about how, you know, in a man's world, Sometimes there are expectations and ways of living life that are perhaps a little bit different than women and our cycles and how that all works. And so, you know, it is a man writing Atomic Habits and he doesn't account for all of the, um, perhaps the female nuances of life and goal setting and motivation and those types of things. Um, But as with everything else... (laughs) I've just been taking uh, these types of things with a grain of salt. So that's what I did on this book as well. Um, The third thing I really want to highlight about this book is how the use of stories and scientific studies are used. I really enjoy it. I find with self-help and self-development books, oftentimes the author will have one thesis and then will just proceed to rehash it again and again and again for like two to three hundred pages and it's an amazing book but holy smokes is it repetitive I did not feel that way with Atomic Habits at all every chapter starts out with a story or a scientific study and then proceeds to talk about how we can apply that to our lives and help ourselves have better habits and better lifestyles overall so That is one thing that really stood out to me is because it's so rare to find like a fully, just like full of good content in a self-development book. So 
With that being said, I am going to be talking about some of the topics, what I thought of them, kind of a clips note version, if you will, of the book, because I feel like it's so applicable as women, as business owners, as people who want to improve our um, lifestyles. So he goes over something called the habit loop and that there are four laws of behavior change. Q craving, response, and then reward. And the idea is that in order to have a habit, good or bad, these four things typically need to happen. You, you need to have the cue, then you need to have the craving, then you need to have the response, then you need to have the reward. And honestly, this does ring true to me. It does really ring true. He also talks about how success is the product of daily habits, not once in a lifetime transformations. And that really resonates with me because that's all we're about here, right? It's the skills and the repetition and the tenacity to hold on to goals and to keep them going and to make them daily things instead of like once in a lifetime transitions that really make successful people. And so in terms of why they're important, you know, habits can change your identity. They can change your trajectory. They can change so many things. And as I prefaced at the beginning of the podcast, when we were talking about, hey, goals are really important. Well, yeah, but maybe maybe the path to getting to that goal is what's actually important instead of the actual achievement. And I know that might come across as very cliche um, because it's like, oh my gosh, it's all about the journey. And uh, No, but yes. (laughs) And that it is about the journey, but also it's about the consistency and that trajectory, right? So he talks about like, hey, don't make a goal to like, work out every day when you're doing your new year's resolutions, right? Decide that you are an in shape person and ask yourself, what would someone who is physically healthy and in shape, what would they do? You start to think about it and you're like, hmm, well, they would probably like work out three to five times a week for X amount of time with these amount of exercises. All of a sudden it's a way to really hone in what you want. And you know, maybe you work out every day, but what matters is that you have a goal as a physically in shape person. And you're asking yourself, what would a in shape, healthy person do? And all of a sudden you're thinking about it in your everyday life, you know, oh, I don't know if a healthy person would go to McDonald's every day. Okay. You know, maybe I'm going to make myself a sandwich, a salad, something like that, because all of a sudden you're thinking like a healthy person as opposed to just saying, oh my gosh, I got to get my third workout or fifth workout or seventh workout this week and just dragging yourself through something when you really need to feel more connected to the goal, feel more connected to the lifestyle because ultimately you want this achievement because you want the lifestyle most likely, right? Like you want to work out a certain number of times because you want to feel healthy. You want to feel like you have more energy. Maybe you want to put off some weight, whatever it is. But you want the lifestyle result, so why not have the lifestyle actions in the meantime? So that's his whole deal there. In terms of developing good habits, he has ideas for each of the four phases, for the cue, craving, response, and reward, right? 
essentially, he's saying, hey, if we can make the cue workout for you, the craving workout for you, the response workout, and then the reward, this habit will just be on autopilot for you. If you're able to just make this habit loop work, it will loop for you all all day long, your whole life long. You're going to be good. The first thing is cue. Make it obvious. Make it obvious, right? So like if you want to practice the guitar every day, put the guitar on a stand in the corner as opposed to packed away in the case under the bed right? It's called environment design. It's, it's, if you can make your environment such that it just seems natural to just pick it up and do it, then you'll probably do it. He also talks about like, Hey, I wanted to eat healthier. So I started putting fruit on the counter, on the counter. And because it wasn't buried in the fridge, I started eating a lot more fruit. And so that's environment design. We all know about habit stacking and uh, truth be known, I did not do enough research to know if um, if he invented habit stacking or if habit stacking was a thing and then he wrote about it. I don't know, but I've known about habit stacking for a long time, like since before I became a coach. And um, I think it's a pretty common thing, but to reiterate, it's, you know, something that you do every day. So for example, you'll hear a lot of doctors be like, okay, like, you know, you got to take your medication, you got to take your supplements, your your vitamins, whatever, put it next to your toothbrush. So, you know, if you brush your teeth in the morning, you'll also see your vitamins and you'll take your vitamins. That's kind of a mix of habit stacking and environment design. Another option would be like, okay, you eat breakfast every day. I don't eat breakfast every day. That's something you need to be better at. Uh, Hypothetically, you eat breakfast every day and you want to stretch more. So how about while the, you know, oatmeal is cooking, you stretch for 10 minutes, stretch out, do some yoga poses for 10 minutes. That's habit stacking. Grab something that you're already doing and make it an automatic lead in or lead out to another habit that you are really wanting to develop. And it's weird. I tried this and it honestly is so intriguing because like the days where you don't do it and you're like, oh, I am not like I'm doing only the thing that I usually do, not the habit stacking after a couple of days. It feels weird. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm missing something. What's going on? So your body really likes routines. Your your mind really likes routines and consistency and reliability. And that's probably why this is so effective is because if it's something that you can count on, you're just automatically going to go through the motions without thinking about it, which honestly is where a lot of our goals and our habits fall through is us overthinking it. Where we just decide and we just do it is where we see a lot of success. The other one is to just make a list of your daily habits. Understanding exactly what your habits are currently is going to help a lot with cues and saying, okay, like, what am I automatically telling myself without knowing that I'm telling myself? What am I signaling that I want to tell myself? And so, and if you can just like think about your day yesterday and think about everything that you just like did automatically, you'll get a pretty good idea of where you're at in terms of habits and what you want to change, what you want to keep, what you want to stack, what you want to change the environment around, all of that. So after Q is craving, craving is about making the goal attractive. Okay. He talks about like 
going and doing something that maybe you don't really like, but then bundling it with something that you really like. So like, if you just hate cleaning, clean for 30 minutes every day and then have an ice cream. Because then it's signaling to your brain like, oh, this isn't so bad. If I do this, then I get this. It's honestly kind of the most basic (laughs) tactic he talks about that reminds me of when I'm a little kid. It's like, okay, if you do this, then you can do this. If we clean up, then you can watch a movie, stuff like that. And so that is actually very effective. And it makes something that might not seem as attractive more attractive. The second thing for making it attractive and for craving it is kind of putting yourself in the imitation environment because we love to feel like we belong. We love to feel like we're part of a community. As humans, these are all things that we automatically try to blend into our social group. And so the idea is if you can find a social group where your goals and your habits are the norm, then all of a sudden you will want to conform, right? So let's say hypothetically, if you join a running group or a book club or a business mastermind or any number of groups, all of a sudden you're going to employ a lot of mental energy and time into figuring out even subconsciously how you're going to fit into that group, which is why your environment is so important socially. So if we can align with good people who are doing amazing things and it's just normal to be like absolutely phenomenally, phenomenally, crazily successful in certain areas, if that's the norm, then all of a sudden it becomes that much easier to accomplish our goals. After craving, it's about response. Right? How are we going to respond? How are, we have the setup, we have all of the environmental stuff set up. Okay, now let's actually perform the habit. The first thing is to just realize that it's about repetition and not perfection, right? This goes back to my point earlier about the fact that most of our habits and our goals fall through is that we start to overthink and we're like, am I doing, am I doing the best thing? What if I'm doing this wrong? What if, what if? I'm not doing enough. What if I'm doing too much? And we just start to second guess ourselves and then we drop off the radar and we just stop doing it, right? But if you can just go and do it imperfectly consistently, guarantee your results will be exponentially better than trying to second guess yourself and make it perfect. Now, is there always room to pivot and to, you know, make yourself kind of think twice about what you're doing? Like, obviously, yes, right? But I think we all know what I'm talking about when we are just like so caught up and so hyper fixated on accomplishing this goal and we're so stressed about it that we start to second guess ourselves and then and then we just stop doing it at all. (laughs) So the second is to reduce friction. So he talks about this concept of like, all right, get home from work, put on your gym clothes. You don't have to go work out. You don't even have to like do the thing, just put on your gym clothes. Interestingly enough, it's backed up that, oh, if you can just like do something to reduce the friction, automatically that goal will become so much easier and it will actually be accomplished. Like, let's be real. Nobody is going to just put on workout clothes and then not go work out or it's very, it's not going to happen very often. But the trick is saying, all right. 
I don't know if I want to work out, but and like I'm gonna have it ready to go. I'm gonna have it ready to go when I get home from work. I'm gonna lay out my work clothes the night before and I'm gonna lay out my workout clothes. So that way there's no friction about like trying to find my sports bra and trying to find all of my like favorite gym clothes and finding the gym key and then finding the and then by that point you're just like forget it. Forget it. I can't do it. It's too much. I'm busy. But if we can reduce the friction, all of a sudden it becomes exponentially easier to accomplish the goal. The two minute rule is the next one. And this one was also one that I just knew about that I didn't realize was from this book. And so it was at this point in the book, I was like, oh, well, so a lot of the things that I've been doing and teaching clients and all of this, that and the other originally came from this book. And I've been in denial about reading it. It's so funny. But I think a lot of us know about the two-minute rule. If you don't feel like doing something, set a timer for two minutes, do it for two minutes, and then you can stop. Now, this is similar to the reduced friction thing of just, like, nobody's really going to want to stop after two minutes. Like, you're going to want to keep going because they're being successful. They feel like they accomplished something when the two-minute timer goes off and they're doing it. It can be incredibly powerful to just say, hey, Let's not overthink it. Let's just, let's just do it for two minutes and then go from there. So he talks about automating things and you know, as an operations queen over here, I love us some automation. Honestly, the more we can automate, the better in our lives. I am a strong advocate of that in our businesses and our personal lives, all of it. He talks about automating in terms of just make it automatic that things get tracked that passwords get changed. For example, if you're trying to wean yourself off of social media, just make it automatic that certain things are tracked, certain things are accomplished, certain things are done. And all of a sudden making it easy, the response, the third law of behavior change is ready to go. So then the fourth is make it satisfying. Okay, so the first is just immediate satisfaction. We need to have that immediate satisfaction when we have a goal, right? So for me, what this looked like (laughs) is after, well, I should say during my eating disorder, I would not really work out because it would make me so sick. And I would go to the gym and I would just absolutely kill myself over it. I would come home so sick, so nauseous, so shaky, right? Because I wasn't eating all the things. It would knock me out for hours. Like it would just like, I'd have to sleep off my workout. So what I started to do was I said, hey, we're going to do 10 minutes at a time, 15 minutes at a time, 20 minutes at a time, whatever it's got to be, right? And I'm going to start eating, right? So I would make sure that I was in a healthy place to accomplish the goal first. And then once I was, once I was eating, then I would just do little bits at a time to make it rewarding. Oh my gosh, I did 15 minutes at the gym today and I'm healthy. So I'm feeling the endorphins. I know I'm not going to be sore tomorrow. I know I didn't push myself as much as I could, but we need to make this satisfying so that in the long run, I will be able to consistently go to the gym, not overthink it, not dread it. I needed to like reprogram my way of viewing working out because it was such a source of pain and guilt and shame that I couldn't do very much and I couldn't go very far, mostly because I wasn't taking care of myself. And if I could just like rewire that and make it rewarding and satisfying, all of a sudden working out became a lot more fun. 
He also talks about a personal loyalty program. <laughs> I don't use this one as much, but it might be helpful to you guys. He's saying like, if you pass on something, so like if you don't go to the movies this weekend, then you can put that money into your savings account for like a, a trip to Mexico, right? And that's the kind of the idea of just like rewarding yourself. I, I have some qualms with this one, mostly because I feel like this is kind of rewarding scarcity in some ways. I understand that there are some times and places where you just need to do without, and I totally understand that. I totally get that, and this could be very effective. My whole thing, though, is if you want to go to the movies every weekend and go to Mexico, let's figure out how to make that happen, right? Let's see what systems in your business need to be automated. Let's see what we need to do. Let's let's get you a better paying job, whatever it needs to be to make it all happen. And obviously, you can't have everything all the time, but I don't know. I think we can get pretty close. <laughs> All right. The next is a habit tracker. I am a sucker for this one. I honestly, this is where I do very, very well is tracking. So like when I was going through my life coach certification, you know, we have to get a hundred hours of coaching. And for me, it was so rewarding to like go to my tracker and be like, you know, I have the person's name with their consent, obviously. And then I could say how many sessions they had. And then I had the Excel formula that would total everything and like minus the expected sessions and uh, anyways, all that. And then I could scroll to the bottom and be like, oh my gosh, 45 hours, 67 hours, 82 hours. Right. And it was so, so fulfilling to just be able to track it. I would do this with my piano students too. When I was teaching especially like little kids I'd make like a little practice box at the top of the page and then they could like put in the practice box like a sticker or a check mark whatever they wanted to like track how many days they had practiced that week and it was just really rewarding for them so habit tracking really is so it can be so fulfilling especially for me as an Enneagram type three where achievement is so important to me that almost is just as satisfying as like the goal itself, like just making progress and seeing it and it being more tangible. The last two things I want to talk about are he starts the book with saying, hey, if you can just get 1% better every day at something, you will be so ahead. You will be able to be so ahead of where you would have been had you just been like, nope, I have to make more progress than that. It's the small little consistent things. It's the simple things, right? The other thing he talks about having the ability to get bored with your habits. And I have mixed feelings about this because it's common in business to be like, hey, like what changes do we need to make? What, what things do we need to do? What small improvements do we need to make? What big improvements do we need to make? Who moved my cheese type of deal, right? And he talks about, hey, like just be consistent and be okay with getting bored because most people, when they get bored, they just drop off and it stops entirely. So there's a way, and I want us to think about this. There's a way to get 1% better every day, but also the ability to be bored and for lack of a better way of putting it, that's how he puts it. There's a way to just be able to make the goal happen in a way that is fulfilling and that you can still just be very consistent with, even though you might be bored. Maybe, you know, change little things, maybe utilize the 1% rule, but overall stay consistent and have that ability. 
So I hope you have a fantastic Friday. I hope that you can apply some of these things into your life. Please go give it a read. It's fantastic. I do recommend it. Be sure to leave a review in the Spotify rating section. Also, let me and my team know if you have any questions at Sarah Simple Thoughts. Or sorry, Sarah Simple Thoughts at gmail.com. And then my Instagram is at Sarah Rebecca Coaching. Let me know what questions you have. Let me know what topics you want to hear about. And I will see you next time. Thanks so much. <laughs>